Good afternoon, everyone. I am so excited. This is our second conversation that Michael Atman and I are having. And we are going to be talking about uh, one of my biggest issues for many years, sleep. And Michael, thank you so much. I'm really glad we get a chance to do this again. Yeah, thank you, Connie. I'm, I'm excited. Our last conversation was awesome. And uh, it, it actually got really good re response, too, from people watching, I noticed. Uh, I've never seen so many comments on a talk. I, I think the topic was really, really hit home for people. Oh, I agree. I agree. Well, <laughs> my guess is we'll top last time with this one because sleep is truly a uh, conversation, I think, especially when you get to be a little bit older, that you have each and every day and or not every day maybe but every few days because i know as a fem older female uh it can play havoc in in how much rest and sleep you're getting yeah and, it, and it's not just you know it's not just age either it's also circumstances <clears throat> the kind of work you do your environment there are so many factors that go into what determines our quality of sleep and regardless of age even kids you know kids that are under stress and, and have stress and anxiety at school they really need their sleep as well, just to recover from that, um, from the chemicals, from the you know, from the cortisol and from all those, uh, oh, yeah, just sure. all those chemicals that are running through their body. Absolutely, I, I, my my children, I know for when they got to be teenagers in particular, they started having issues with sleep. Yeah. So I guess what I wanted to start with today is, is a little bit about, you know, why I got into, well, why I'm talking about sleep and, and why it's important to me. You know, there was many, it was probably around about 20 odd years ago now when I first hit a, hit a wall and I found myself for the first time ever having uh, debilitating anxiety, panic attacks and insomnia all at the same time. And, you know, what I discovered in that process, and this went on for several months, and, and in no, basically no sleep. I was lucky to get an hour, if that, a night, hour or two, and running on empty and just constantly in a state of worry, panic, and anxiety. And those things, when you add them up, and anxiety and insomnia or sleep deprivation seem to go hand in hand. And, you know, I had to really figure it out. I went to the doctors. They said, oh, here's some medication. But apart from that, they were really not helpful because I... I didn't want to just medicate myself. I wanted to understand why is this happening? Because it was the first time I'd ever had anxiety and it was the first time I couldn't sleep. So it was it was a whole new arena for me. And I'm the kind of guy that likes to understand the mechanics of things and how they break down and you know what you need to do to get them working properly again. Though get get that those parts of you um, working in harmony again that are what I what I call now being in disharmony. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Well, there was a period of time in my life. I was, I think, I was in my probably early to mid forties when I went through a horrible. It was like several years of waking up. I would go to sleep, but then I'd wake up like an hour later, and and I'd be up and down all night long trying to get my sleep. And I tried, and I tried self medication. I tried going to the doctors. I tried watching TV, I tried all, all kinds of things to try and um, put myself back to sleep. And, and a lot of it had to do with stress. I think stress is probably the, one of the number one problems with sleeping. And, and so I'm really glad that uh, we have somebody here that I'm talking to that, that knows what we can do about it. 
Yeah, look, and, and before I go into it any more, any more of, the, of my story and, and how I got through that, and more importantly, what I learned about sleep and how we can improve the quality of our sleep just through taking back control of our mind and our lives. And it really has a lot to do with the mind. Um, and I'll explain a bit more about that in a moment. But some of the stats that I've, I've got here around sleep deprivation and what impact that has on people's lives. Let me just go through a couple of the major ones that I think it's really important that we understand if we're not getting enough sleep, I'm going to describe or define enough sleep in a moment. If we're not getting enough sleep, then we're literally doing, um, we're, we're, we're setting ourselves up for potential um, damage in our lives. And, and let me just list some of the things here that I've, I've made a note of over the, over the years as I've gone through and done all this research around sleep and just got myself up to speed on, you know, what's happening in today's society when we're not getting enough sleep. So some of the things now, and these are all statistics, by the way, by government and bureaus that do, you know, um, they do specific groups, they work with specific groups and test them over a period of time. Um, and so these are all documented studies that people can research. So these are Australian based. And I believe I've also looked at the US stats as well. And I, oh, my goodness, the, the people in the US that are on um, that take medication to go to sleep. I think the numbers are astronomical, uh, and Australia's no different. So we kind of we kind of work in sync our two countries in a lot of ways. <laughs> so so adults who are short sleepers now by short sleep short sleep is defined as less than seven hours. So adults who are short sleepers or who are short sleepers, they're more likely to be obese. They're more likely to be physically inactive. They're more likely to be current smokers compared to those people who are not who are getting enough sleep. So it, it, when you when you say that or when you think about that, you go, well, hang on a second. What do you mean if I'm not getting enough sleep, then I'm more likely to be overweight? What an interesting idea. Do you know how that works, Connie? Uh, to be honest with you, no, I don't. So I'm going to learn something here. Yeah. So what happens when we go to sleep is the brain, the brain's function, the brain goes into its well, during our deep sleep phase, so we got four sleep cycles in as we go to sleep. One of them is the deep sleep cycle. Now, all of us need about two to three hours of deep sleep a night. And that deep sleep or delta brainwave frequency is, is what it's known as. That deep sleep state is where we don't dream. We're gone. We're completely out. And when that happens, the mind is, we're no longer thinking. Even when we're dreaming, we're thinking, by the way. We're no longer thinking. And so now the brain... Um, goes through the process of cleaning itself up, detoxifying, in other words. And when it does that, um, it actually produ it, it produces a certain amount of sugar in the brain. And when it gets that, when the brain replenishes that sugar that it needs by while it's doing this cleaning out process, detoxifying process, <clears throat> then it it feels it the body knows that it's got enough sugar. But if it doesn't get to do that process, if we don't get enough deep sleep and we don't get that sugar, the brain doesn't get that sugar created, that glucose, it doesn't get that sugar fix that it needs as a result of doing all that work, then the brain sends a message to the body and says, I need sugar. And so then we go to the fridge and we go and we look at the food and we get this craving for sugar because we didn't get it while we were sleeping. Isn't that interesting? Wow. That is fascinating. Yeah. Ah. So literally, well, people that, that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, literally, people and in the studies that were done, people who just who get enough sleep can lose weight 
because they don't have the same sugar cravings anymore. And it's a lot easier to give it up if they were, you know, if you are addicted to sugar, it's even easier to give it up because now you're actually, your body's not craving it so much because you don't need it. Wow. Wow. Uh, we have a question from Kim McGee. She's asking, doesn't lack of sleep or sleep deprivation take years off your life? So, I mean, right, just talking about the fact that you are more of a chance of being overweight and obese, right there, that takes years off your life. Well, yeah, look, and it's not so much about years off your life. So a lot of things that we can do, like if you eat at McDonald's a day and drink a bottle of Coke a day, it's going to take years off your life, probably. But then, you know, I'm not going to say categorically that's true. As a generalization, you could say possibly, potentially, but there are a lot of other factors that go into our longevity. Sleep's one of them. And it's one of the biggest factors for to help our body to stay healthy, happy, and to do its job. And its job basically is to is to um, is to just carry us through life so that we can do the things we want and need to do. So some of the other things though that can happen when we don't get enough sleep, and these are all studies that have been done as well, is that the, the health risk factors of heart attack and heart issues, stroke, asthma, and arthritis, those things all increase as well if we're getting less than seven hours sleep a night. Wow. Wow, I would like to know how many people actually get more than seven hours of sleep a night. That would be an interesting study to find out because uh, I, among the people that I know, I don't think that's a, there's a very high percentage of people that do that. Yeah, and I mean, in terms of our lifestyle, um, you know, sleep deprivation can also cause us to uh, make more errors in our work. So we, we get, we're more tired, um, we can become more irritable and moody, and also our decision-making processes and our problem-solving, our cognitive processes are decreased and the less sleep we have. So I think it's, um, if you have, say, oh, if you have, say, seven days of six hours sleep a night, it's equivalent to um, staying awake for an entire day. So you're literally at, at the same cognitive functioning level, physically and mentally, if you have not slept for 24 hours, if you just get six hours sleep for seven days in a row. So you can see there the potential danger, even in driving a car, let alone if you're in a work environment where there's health and safety issues, or you're needing to make decisions that have big consequences around them. Wow. Wow. I, I'm just thinking, um, my sister, she probably averages about three or four hours of sleep. So I need to talk to her about, I need to make her watch this. <laughs> well, a lot of people prop themselves up with, um, with, with all sorts of things. Um, sugar, you know, uh, energy drinks. They try and replace that energy and fix the tiredness through artificial means by keeping themselves awake. I mean, it's well documented that um, Hugh Hefner was on, he, I think he was on speed for like three and a half years and he basically didn't sleep while he was building his empire. Uh, and, you know, and, and he was, you know, when I, when I read about that and, and I saw what he did later on, later on he said, well, what was I thinking? Because that was basically killing him. But it was keeping him awake so that he could do what he needed to do because he was a workaholic. So a lot of people keep themselves busy. So workaholic, being a workaholic is one of those busyness tools that people, you know, burn the candles on both ends, burn the flame on both ends, and keep themselves awake. And we can push ourselves. We can do that. We can artificially create that 
I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. I've, you know, the busyness, even though we're tired, we push through, we push through, we push through. But as you said, Connie, the stress levels that we that that puts our entire mind-body system under is huge. And we will break down. There's no doubt. Eventually something's got to give. Absolutely. Well, I can I can uh, totally attest to exactly what you're talking about. Mine actually ended up when my when it finally came to a head, it was, it was, uh, I had a problem with a partner and, um, it ended up taking, he ended up taking me for a lot of money and my sleep deprivation, because I wasn't able to think clearly. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't see it coming. I didn't, I wasn't alert enough to really, I should have been aware and I didn't see it I, I, as I should have. And the stress that caused me, caused me to have a nervous breakdown. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. As sooner or later, it's going to get you. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, things like depression, um, uh, anxiety, all these things too get amplified by lack of sleep. Uh, so there's no upside to having consistent. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, missing a, a night or two, you're having a few hours less sleep a night or two a week. We're talking here consistent lack of sleep. It's sleep deprivation over time. One or two nights here and there, it's no big deal, but over time it accumulates. It adds up. Wow! Wow! So, um, I, for years, I kind of have found some some different solutions and things that I have done, and um, one of them is that I've started listening to meditations and things when I go to go to sleep at night. I mean, I probably fall asleep about you know five minutes into it. But I do sleep really, really well when I when I do that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, and you bring up a really good point. So I'm actually going to step back a bit from what you said. So you're talking solutions now, and you're talking ways or means of helping us, you know, tools, methods to help fall asleep. Meditation is the, the is, and I'll get into that in a moment. But meditation is the tool that I used when I was having those anxiety, panic attacks, and insomnia. That's what I started to learn, and that's what got me through it uh, and taught, taught me to retrain my brain how to switch off. But what I want to do is just step back a moment and say where the cause of sleepless, sleep deprivation comes from. Um, and it's not because we're busy and it's not because we just our mind won't shut up. Not being able to sleep is a symptom of something else. Ah. So just like overeating is a symptom of some emotional uh, it's something emotionally going on for us internally so we can't eat, 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 eat to stuff those emotions down. Not sleeping is a symptom that um, we're not paying attention in, in some area of our life. And typically what that means we're doing is we're either racing into the future or we're being dragged back into the past with our mind. Wow. That is so true. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You just hit a hot button with me. Yeah. So not sleeping means that when we go to bed, we're still occupied. Well, no, it's because it, we are still occupied, but it's really when we can't fall asleep. I want you to think about toddlers. <clears throat> so here's a here's a good study that was done. So toddlers, little tiny kids who are running and walking, you know. What, so what they do is they wake up. <clears throat> hopefully they've slept during the night. They wake up. And then they run, 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 run. They play, they, they play. They got all this energy, all this energy. And then they use that energy. And then what happens? 
They crash. <laughs> they crash. But, and that's natural. So that's our natural cycle. So if you go back into caveman days or when we were more pre-technology days, we were more people that were out and about and on the land and doing stuff. We were more physically orientated. And people go, oh, what do you mean physical? Where's my phone? You know, where's my couch? Where's my air conditioning? So today we live a luxury kind of opulent lifestyle where we don't really have to do a lot of physical stuff if we don't want to, depending on your work, of course, um, and, and your exercise regime. But we live an unnatural life because we live in big cities where everything's kind of artificial, artificial lighting, artificial buildings, you know, we got cars, everything's rush, 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 rush. So we live in these environments that are just not natural at all. That's not our natural habitat. These are things that we just kind of flock to because that's what people do. But the price of that is that we've forgotten to be that little toddler. So our bodies, that's what our body needs. Our body needs to use the energy when we wake up in the morning and we have all this energy. If we've had a good night's sleep, we've got we're refreshed, we're replenished, we're energized, we're ready to go out there and tackle the day mentally and physically. But what a lot of people do now is that's not what they do. They all they immediately start to stress about the day, they start to worry about this. So already they're starting to strangle their energy internally, they're starting to squash it up and tighten up and wind themselves up. And then they have one problem after the other hitting them, they get distracted, million and one things distract them. They're rushing here, they're rushing there. By the end of the day, what have they done with all that energy that that little two-year-old in them is meant to just run around, play and use? What have they done with it? They've used it all up worrying. Well, they have, that's the point. They haven't used it. They've stored it all up. Oh, They've I see what you're saying. stored yeah. it all up. It's all stored up in the body is tension. And so now their body's riddled with tension from the cortisol that the body's been producing all day because it's been in stress mode or what they call the stress response, the brain's response to a stressful environment, which is fight and flight. Um, so they go to bed and they're lying there going, you know, they, they might be exhausted because mentally and emotionally because of the day, but not physically. They haven't, they haven't depleted their energetic reserves even remotely, even oh. remotely. Oh, that is such an eye opener. I bet you... I bet you that there's all kinds of people out there going, oh, wow, because I I never understood that. But that makes so much sense now that you're yeah. explaining. Yeah. And, and, wow. and, you know, not a, lot of people, not a lot of people, I never understood that. And, you know, how we start the day is how we end the day. So if we start the day stressed and rushed and worried and pressured, then that's how the day ends for us because we set the tone for the day at the beginning of the day, not at the end of the day. How we get up and what we do in the first few hours of our morning matters to whether we get a good night's sleep or not. Even to the point of if you really want to set yourself up for a good night's sleep, when you get up in the morning, as soon as you can, within the first hour, go outside and if it's a sunny day, sit in the sun for 10 minutes and let the, the rays of the sun because the, the hormones that are produced and what the sun does internally, chemically for you, sets the tone for your circadian rhythms, which is our sleep, uh, you know, how our body biorhythms work, um, sets that up so that when you go to bed, you're in sync with your natural circadian or body rhythms. Wow. Wow. Oh, that is good stuff, Michael. Really good stuff. I, I already know who are people that maybe haven't jumped on here and are going to watch it. I'm going to send this to them because there's a whole bunch of people I know in my group, <laughs> in my tribe, 
that <laughs> this information for sure. So yeah, uh, and following on from that, you know, you it's really you really need to move the body in the morning, not in the evening. So I, I don't recommend. So all the studies and research, and I agree from my own experiments around this. I used to train in the afternoons, like five o'clock. I'd go to the gym, do an hour, then I'd go do martial arts for an hour. And I would lie in bed, but I would be so energized from the training if I did it in the evening. There's no way I can go to sleep because I know my body is just like going, it's time to wake up. So if you're going to move your body, which I really recommend, if you're having problems sleeping, start there. Start with doing some body movement. I don't mean go to the gym and be try and be in an Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever. I mean move the body, walk around the block for a half an hour, you know, walk the dogs, do something you love to do. I love to dance. So for me, when I get up in the mornings, I've got my hour of power, which includes dancing for 15 minutes, meditating for 30 minutes, and then I do some yoga stretches. So I get my energy moving straight away. And now I'm not in my head worrying about the day at all. I'm actually enjoying the start of my day. And then I sit in the sun for 10 minutes. So my hour, my first hour, I'm actually preparing myself for bed for that night, but I'm also getting myself energetically set in a nice, calm, kind of energized state. And what a way that is to hit the day. <laughs> I, I actually, um, in my in my kick butt leadership class, I talk about uh, not an hour, but I say take 10 minutes in the morning before you got to, I mean, for some people that they don't have an hour to spend in the morning. so. You know, if you even take 10 minutes to start the process, but it does start with just being still. And I love the idea of sitting in the sun. I yeah. mean, even if you're not, even if you can't go outside and sit in the sun, sit in a window that has sunlight coming in and at least get that much, you know? So, no, that is incredible. I love the idea of sitting in the sun and just bringing in the rays. That makes yeah. all kinds of sense. I know my husband suffered really badly from SADS, the the lack of sunshine because we lived in Portland, Oregon. And it wasn't until he moved, we moved to Vegas that he started getting sunshine that the man that I knew came back. Wow. And so I can attest because he never slept in Oregon. Yeah. Never. Yeah. He was up all yeah. night long. And when he came here, he finally started sleeping. So I'm sure it's because he was getting some sun. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it, it just makes sense. A lot of the stuff that, and look, I, I run I run a, a five-day sleep challenge, which I'm running the next one on October the 1st. Um, and, you know, when I do that five-day challenge, I really dive deep into um, what sleep is, how we can prepare ourselves to sleep, and some really simple tools that we can do. And I give five tools, one tool each day for people to practice. So, and these are tools that they can use um, when they go to bed. So, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time to describe each of those tools, and most of them are based on meditation techniques. But these are meditations that are not so much imagining things. These are meditations where you work with your body to help release that tension that I was talking about that we store up as a result of the stress that we experience during the day. Uh, Kim has another comment here. She says, my oldest son has, has that problem. He's always restless and doesn't really sleep. He worries a lot too. I don't know what to what to do about it. Yeah, so you know that that's so worry is, is a really significant part of anxiety. And worry just means, first of all, it, it's probably I don't know if someone's spoken to him about what he's worried about, but the first thing I would always do when there's a situation of worried with a teenager is communication. 
Um, you know, if they're holding on to stuff, if they don't feel safe to share it, if, if they feel ashamed to share something, you know, there's a whole bunch of reasons why, but holding stuff inside, it, it just turns around and around. We all know that. When we hold stuff in, um, our mind grabs a hold of it and it just turns around and around and around. And so then we have this emotional cycle of worry that we're right. not dealing with. So I'd say, first of all, um, find out what's, what is he worried about? That's the first thing you've got to do. What's he actually worried about? And is it something that you can help him with? Or if he won't talk to you, you know, find help him find somebody that he will talk to because sometimes we just it just needs to be let out. It needs to be aired. It needs to be brought out in the open. Then it can be, then there can be a solution. Then there can be some way that we can, you know, help him with that. That's the first thing that I would do. Well, and I think that brings up a really good point because, you know, if you're suffering from, if, first of all, most of the time when we're worrying about something, it's it's something that we think is going to happen. That's right. Uh, sometimes it's something that's already happened when well, you can't do anything about what yeah. has already happened. And yeah. you certainly can't worry. I mean, you can't do anything about what is coming in the future except what is your expectation? What is the outcome that you would like to see and concentrate on that instead of what you think the problem might be? Yeah, and, you know, it's really challenging to teach somebody to meditate if they are in a state of worry or in a state of anxiety. Or, uh, it's it's really challenging to teach them that. Meditation's better taught when people are in a, in a calm, kind of um, relaxed state. Although there are meditations that you can give to people that will help them to um, change that state, but they're more active meditations. And, yeah, there's always, there seems to be a resistance to people that don't know how to meditate about doing that. So, you know, meditation obviously helps with worry because it brings you into the present moment. So the answer is to get out of the, the mental, emotional state of worry, which is, as you mentioned, Connie, which is fear of the future, which is obsessing about the future in, some, in whatever that might be, an exam coming up, going to school. It, whatever, there's a million and one things we can worry about. It's just the mind's tendency to project um, your life into the future, or as you said, think, keep rethinking something from the past that is unresolved. Either way, the answer is to is to help people to become present, to actually just be in their body, be right here, grounded, centered, present. The moment you're present, anxiety, worry, depression, fear, they all disappear. The moment you become present, and that's a lot of what I help people to learn how to do during the five-day challenge, is how they can, not a, the only way you can switch your mind off, you can't tell the mind to shut up because it's it's just not going to do it. It's always going on in the background. But you can right. learn how to take that energy away from what the mind is carrying on about. You can learn to step back from it and see, literally see it, as almost as if you're watching a movie, and then eventually it becomes so quiet it just fades into the background and it becomes really, really, really quiet. <laughs> and that's what I mean by being present. The thoughts are still there, but they're no longer affecting your state, your emotional and mental state. Oh, I love that. I love that. So I, I have a question. So because I do, in the, when I am going to sleep in, at night, I do turn on a guided meditation. And I've always been curious. So if I fall asleep the for after the first five or ten minutes of the meditation am i still reaping the benefits after i'm asleep of the meditation and what's being said so what's so 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 i i listen i'm listening to a guided meditation i i like uh i have some from deepak chopra that i listen to and i'll so he'll be 
he'll be speak he'll speak about it and then he goes into the meditation and I've always been curious as to whether or not when I fall asleep if the meditation the work that's going on is it still going on in my brain even though I'm asleep, I'm, I'm falling asleep well here's, here's the thing so that's a great question and I'm going to answer it in a roundabout way when you enter your deep sleep, deep sleep state, which is the um, two to three hours a night of deep sleep that we need to replant for our body to reset and um, rejuvenate itself. By the way, when we go into deep sleep, that's when our body heals itself. That's when our muscles that we've broken down during the day. That's when all the yeah, we do. You know, we we do um, we do have a lot of pressure and stress and physical stuff go on. So that's when we start to, um, in a sense, heal. Well, not in a sense. Our body's healing itself and repairing itself in that deep sleep state. So it doesn't matter. The answer to your question is it doesn't matter. If that if you're falling asleep while that um, while the meditation tape's playing, that's perfect. You're for, because you're doing it in bed. You're listening to a meditation. You're already so the the what you're already saying to yourself because you're in bed is I want to go to sleep. And you're going to sleep to something that's now subliminally being implanted into your subconscious anyway. So your subconscious is picking it up. And then when you go into deep sleep, it's doing far more than any audio tape will ever do. It's actually the deepest state of meditation that exists. All the monks um, that train Tibetan monks, for example, Buddhist monks who meditate since they were five years old, 12 hours a day, those guys, they can consciously enter that deep sleep state while they're meditating. So they, their brain waves go into a um, delta phase, which is the same as deep sleep. So 20 minutes of meditation for them is the equivalent of one hour sleep for us. So, it, it, and but they do that consciously and we can train ourselves to do that too. But um, yeah, so that's the answer to your question. Uh, it's perfect because it works for you. Awesome. Well, I, I know I really enjoy <coughs> doing it that way. So, and it really exactly. has helped me to, to turn everything off at night and, um, because I used to have a problem with waking up and, and everything that I was thinking about when I went to sleep or when I, when I wasn't thinking about it when I was going to sleep, all of a sudden I'd wake up and it'd all be there in my brain. But I, when I go to sleep with the meditation, it doesn't, it, it, I don't do that. No, and, and so that you found what works for you. And that's a really good point, Connie. In life, you know, I, don't, I want people to get out of the mindset of there's a one-size-fits-all solution to things in life. It's just not the way it is. Just, just the same as there's not one meditation. I've learned thousands of different meditation techniques. There's not one kind of meditation. And I have people come up and say, I've tried to meditate. It doesn't work for me. I say, well, how many meditations did you try? Oh, one. Yeah, well, really? So if... if when you're a kid, you got one bike, and you that bike you couldn't ride that bike. Would you just give up and never ride a bike? <laughs> it's it's kind of like yeah, no. We we need to expand uh, our horizons and understand that what might work for you and me may never work for someone else. So Absolutely. I say, when it comes to sleep quality, and now I'm talking about sleep quality, which is what my program is all about. It's not about you have to get eight hours of sleep and be be the same as every other human you know no it's not about that yes ideally eight hours of sleep is great but you know what i found in my own research and with myself and with other people with thousands of others i've worked with now we're all unique and some of us <coughs> some of us and it defies all logic don't need seven hours sleep a night or eight hours some of us can get by on six or even five um why? Why is that so? It doesn't matter why. It doesn't we matter. Have to, 
No, we need to find out because, you know, we have different energy types. We have different energy structures. We have different ways of coping with stress. So people are wired slightly differently. You've got to kind of also be true to yourself. And if you wake up in the morning and you feel great after six hours sleep, then that works for you. If you wake up in the morning after seven hours and a half hours sleep or eight hours sleep and you feel like crap, then something's not working. Then it's time to look at, okay, I'm getting enough hours of sleep. Therefore, it must be the quality of sleep. And that's what I really hone in on in my challenge is, okay, let's work on getting quality sleep because not everyone's going to get eight hours. You know, if you've got a brand new baby or two infants, it's not going to be possible. They're going to wake you up every few hours, you know, in, in a lot of cases. So you're going to have to work with what you've got. In, in a lot of cases, you're a shift worker. You're going to have to work with what you've got. You're studying at college as well as working a full-time job. You're going to have to work with what you've got. So I teach people to work with where they're at so that they get quality sleep given where they're at in their lives. Absolutely. I, well, I I cannot wait. I'm I'm signed up for your sleep challenge because um, I, I I always figure that you can do a better job all the time because I still do every once in a while have an issue with it. But I also know that I'd like to learn some other techniques and some other ways of 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 handling sleep because uh, our circumstances change as well. I mean, if you're especially like if you're traveling or something. The, that that meditation that I I do at home may not be the answer because I'm traveling, different time zones and stuff. So the more techniques I can learn about sleeping, and and how to use those techniques, the better off I think I am. And I know I don't feel like I get enough sleep. I I feel like um, I naturally wake up about after six hours, but I always feel like I'm waking up tired. I'm not yeah. feeling refreshed. You know, you're talking about feeling refreshed and and uh, there's there's some mornings I do, but for the most part, I wake up and I'm like, oh gosh, I wish I could I wish I could go back to sleep for an hour, and I can't. Yeah. So uh, so I'm looking forward to your sleep challenge for sure. Yeah, and you know, I that that's a really big issue. I the main thing that I focus on is energy. So I'm I'm more about helping people to have all the energy they need rather than the sleep they need. Um, I, I figure if your energy is, is good, if you wake up and you've got all the energy you need mentally, physically, and emotionally for the day, you're good. You're good. Yes. That's what I mean by quality sleep. If you don't have the energy you need and you're tired, groggy, your mind's foggy, you know, you can't think well, you're moody, you know, you're snappy and all that kind of stuff. And you just, yeah, it's all hard. It's really hard. I've, I've kind of learned the secret of how to keep my energy light and clear and clean and energized. And sleep helps with that. But if we obsess about sleep, that can also become a negative for us because anything that we obsess about, anything that we kind of stress about, you know, if you go to bed and you stress about not being able to sleep, it just makes it worse. So I really want to help people. The real, the real key to what I'm helping people do is how to manage stress throughout the day. They're the real tools that I'm going to be giving away. Here's how you manage stress throughout the day. And if by chance you go to bed and you can't sleep, here's some tools to help you go to sleep. <laughs> That's It's a two-step process. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm always learning. <laughs> Well, you know, um, I know I, I'm sure you're just like me when when you are teaching these things, you learn more than you th I think the students learn from it. 
you know, it's, it's always it's always eye opening and a lot of fun to be able to do something and share it with people because uh, you learn so much while you're in the process of it. I remember in the I've, this is my second challenge, sleep challenge that I've done. Uh, I did the last one in June. And, um, you know, on the very first live session, we do five live sessions. And on the very first live session, I wasn't I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't done one before. And, you know, I, I gave a bit of talk. I shared a tool. And then all of a sudden I opened it up for Q&A and I thought, oh, yeah, maybe there'll be one question. I was ex kind of expecting one, if not none. All of a sudden, these questions came through. All these, like, I don't know how many people were on, 50 or 60 people on the call, but it's like, all, you know, all these questions came through. Bang, 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 bang. And it like went for an hour and a half after that. So, and it's like, whoa. And by the end, by the end of it, when it was finished and I watched the recording back, I went, holy shit, I know a lot of stuff about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in it, but I was so proud of everybody that took the chance to open up and share what was happening for them. Um, and, and that's what I love to do. I love to help people to just be more, have more freedom in their life, more joy, more freedom, more happiness, more health. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I, and I think if, if we can discover how to have more energy and how to have the right kind of sleep, um, then... Um, everything in our lives, all the, all of the things that might be considered issues, if you will, will be resolved because you're you're in the right place, and you're learning how to be present, and and, and so I think that all plays a key role in um, in how we move forward in our lives. So I'm sure that this is going to be a great challenge. So so tell us a little bit about the challenge. Sure. So it's called Five Days to Better Sleep Challenge, and it starts on Monday, October the 1st. Now, that's Australian Eastern time, which is Sydney time, which Pacific Standard Time, which is California, LA, um, West Coast, that's 4 p.m. the day before. So that'll be the 30th September if you if people are coming in from the States. And then, you know, like three hours, I think it's three hours difference if you're on the East Coast and Central Coast is two hours, I think, um, Central Standard um, but you can figure that out. As long as you've got the Pacific Standard Time, you can figure it out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> it goes out with, Australia versus the, the Pacific Time that sometimes gets uh, a problem. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I, I now, my social, I've got a social media manager and she works out of the Netherlands. It's like, oh my goodness. So that really does my brain. <laughs> and, and I've got people now that I'm working with in, in the UK. So it's like, oh, are there any more time zones? It's like, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm always like, I've got this beautiful thing I can just punch the time in and I and it shows me everywhere in the world what the time is and so it's good <laughs> but yeah, yeah. That, that's a really great idea it's a great well, tool so we'll we'll put the uh, the information into the comments for your challenge and I cannot wait so so if it's so if it's specific time is 4 p.m. Pacific time on the 30th because we're a day ahead of you correct a day behind. You're a day behind. Yeah. A day behind. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just to mention, though, just to mention about the sleep challenge. So it's five days. So it's going to go for five days. Um, now, what's important is that everyone needs to sign up for the email series that gets sent out. So I send out. Um, they, they get an email every morning. Gets sent out to their inbox, and that email has like um, the day's focus for the challenge and also an assignment to do. And then um, and then several hours later, about six hours later, I do a live session. And now those live sessions, there'll be a replay if you can't attend the live. So you can just go into the group. So there's a private Facebook group as well that you join. You can jump into there and watch the replay if you can't be on the live. And you can also post questions in the Facebook group and I'll answer them on the live 
if if they're if I get them in time. So there's five days of assignments, five days of lives, and yeah, and there's a masterclass at the end where I go really deep into how to really take charge of your energy, your mental, physical, emotional energy on a daily basis. So that's what we cap it off with at the end. Wow, that sounds absolutely incredible, Michael. I'm so, I, I just really think this is such an important topic. And, um, and it really boils down, you know, we, last, last time we talked about being stuck. Well, yes. you, know, you know, if we have the right kind of energy when we start the day, uh, we're gonna be less likely to get stuck. And, and be able to move forward in a very positive way. So I think this was a great follow-up topic for what we talked about last time. And look, I forgot to mention, this is absolutely free. There's no charge. Uh, I'm not charging for this. This is my way of getting to know you and getting to know people that I've never met before. I like to give to get to know. And, and then later on, if people want to do some more work with me, yeah, that's great. And if you don't, that's great too. But this is my way. And by, and by the way, you know, it's part of my, my purpose. I, you know, my purpose is, is really here to help ignite the human potential and to help people go to higher and deeper levels of what's possible in their life. So I, I get fulfilled just in the, in the giving and of, of the sharing of what I have been so blessed and privileged in a way to learn over the years of on my own journey and to get to where I am in my life now, where it, it's just a beautiful, it's just beautiful. Everything, uh, yeah, it's just beautiful. <laughs> and I want everyone to have that same opportunity in their lives. <laughs> well, I'm certainly looking forward to it for my life, that's for sure. And I hope, I'm sure there's gonna be lots of other people out there that are gonna wanna take advantage of this. So, well, I really, uh, this is another great conversation, Michael. Uh, I really, I, this, what a great topic. And I learned, I learned a whole bunch today. So thank you so much. You're welcome. And look, if people want to know where to go, it's michaelatma.com forward slash sleep better. That's the, if you want to opt in, if you want to register, if you want to join in on the five day challenge, um, michaelatma, A-T-M-A.com forward slash sleep better. And that's, that's where you can just, join up and then come make sure you join into the facebook group though make sure you click on the link in the thank you page uh and go and join the facebook group because that's where it all happens <laughs> that's awesome well, we'll post it in the comments too so all right all right michael well thank you so much for this great conversation and thank you for everybody we had quite a few people on with us already so this is really a good thing and i'm sure we'll have a lot more that'll be following in in the replay so thanks so much for everyone and michael and i'll be back again uh we'll we'll post when we're going to be going back live again soon and we look forward to having you all come back thanks. i'm excited and i'm looking forward to our next talk connie i can't wait <laughs> yeah i'm loving doing this yeah me too <laughs> all right everyone we'll look forward to having you back next time and make sure you join this challenge i think I think, and I'm sure you probably know somebody out there that could really use it as well. So share it with people. So mm -hmm. thank you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye everybody.